Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante. He is Andrew P. Shea. Andy, how are we doing this week besides being a little bit chilly? Yeah, the early part of the week to the later part of the week was a stark drop-off up here in the Northeast, but uh, doing great, enjoying the season in between games. I'm not calling it off-season anymore. It's just the the football season between games. <clears throat> um, looking forward to the, you know, at the NFL Combine and see how all the results come out from that. And But yeah, I'm doing good. Thank you. How about yourself, sir? Uh, doing well, at least the forecast is for a little better weather in the next couple of days. Andy, uh, we are going, you mentioned the combine. We are, we're going to get a chance to dip our toes into that a little bit later in the show, but I have a different topic and an interesting one because this is the kind of topic that I love talking to you about. Whereas I'm pretty much, I'm a Penn state football fan. Okay. That's where my focus is. I like all of college football, but I probably don't have the national knowledge that you do. And I, an article caught my eye and shame on me. I don't even, I didn't write down where I got the article from, but I, I took the uh, content of it out, which was somebody, a national writer put out his top 10 coaches in the country and Andy, you and I chatted about this for quite a while. Interesting list and one that both of us had several disagreements with. So what I'd like to do is I want to go through the list real quickly for our listeners. And then we're going to go through it a bit. And when we wrap this all up, we are going to give the Andrew P. Shea top 10 coaches. All right. Here's from the national article. I'm going to start at number 10, work my way to number one uh, real quickly, and then you and I could talk about it, Andy. James Franklin is at number 10. Dan Lanning, 9. Dabo Sweeney, 8. Lane Kiffin, 7. Mike Norvell, 6. Kalen DeBoer, 5. Ryan Day, 4. Steve Sarkeesian, 3. Brian Kelly, 2. Kirby Smart, number 1. All right, Andy, first of all, Kirby Smart as number one, I don't think anybody should have any complaint about that. Yeah, you're but, not, not going to have any complaints about that, no. You can't. I mean, he no, took that Georgia program to another level. They're nope. winning national championships. And, you know, they lose one game and don't get into the playoffs this year. And that's that's a big story. What sticks out to you most about this list? Well, I think it's a it's a cool thing. First of all, I wanted to say it's a cool thing to do here during the season in between games, right? Because the changing landscape of college football on the coaching front has changed dramatically. Jim Harbaugh to the Los Angeles Chargers and the NFL from Michigan, and the legendary Nick Saban retires. That's two of your top three on anybody's list, including Kirby Smart. Doesn't how didn't matter how you ordered them one, two, three, they were going to be two, two of your top three. So it makes for an interesting um, look-see for us because 
it just shows that college football is evolving under is is has many more changes going on in addition to the 12 team college football playoff. What do I think of this list? Maybe a little bit too much of Johnny come lately to me. I mean, like you got to do a little bit more than, you know, win 22 of your first 27 games or something. I just think it's a little more based on maybe who coached well in 23 or whose teams performed well in 23. And then this is where they are in 2024. I don't see a lot of depth in terms of this list and, and I don't know where you put them. I mean, I have several of the same guys in my top 10, but where you put them and how you view them is subjective, but maybe I'm looking at, you know, your body of work over say, you know, a five-year period matters as much as, as anything. And I don't think you can impact or change much greatly. You can make some change, but I don't think you can impact it greatly in a season. I don't think Steve Sarkeesian has changed a whole lot at Texas. Has he changed it some in 2023 by making it to the college football playoffs and beating Alabama? Absolutely. But is Steve Sarkeesian all of a sudden this great football coach again? Look, Steve's a great coach, but Steve has had problems and Steve has had trouble getting programs to another level. Okay. One year, Texas is there. Texas is moving to the SEC. Show me the money. Stay there. Be relevant in the SEC in 2024 and be a team in the college football playoffs again. Then Steve Sarkeesian has started to change his perception as a coach overall and what he's doing at Texas as well. But I just don't think you can look at that and say, well, where do they have third? You kidding me? Come on. Andy, I'm in agreement with you with the recency bias. Guys need a longer history. And towards that end, I'll also throw out the name Dabo Sweeney out there. You know I'm not the biggest Dabo fan in the world. You are not. You are more so than I am. However, don't you have to look, as you said, beyond just one year, do you not have to look at his history and – you know, he's got 12 years in a row of double-digit wins. Something yeah. has to be said for the end, a couple national championships, oh, by the way. Doesn't that have to count for something? Yeah, I mean, if, you know, you like to say he was the recipient of two really good quarterbacks. I I don't disagree with you holistically, but I also think it takes more than two really good quarterbacks to have a nearly 800 winning percentage at the only school you ever coached at, win two natty titles, and win eight conference titles. That's not an accident. That is long-term sustained success. Now, if you were saying rate the coaches for the work they did in 2023 and the job they did in that one season, yeah, he would definitely fall below the top five. But if you're talking about the best coaches in college football overall, he has to be in the top five. It simply screams he has had sustained excellence at another level. It's almost as if any of the conference titles and natty titles that 
Dabo Sweeney has were a product of something that had nothing to do with him. And and I'm not picking on James Franklin, but okay, I would counter and say James Franklin has one Big Ten Conference Championship and no college football playoff appearances. How in the world can you put that guy in the top 10 for a decade, right? That's not some kind of long-term sustained excellence. So, you know, perspective matters, but look at it, Dabo. The, that, that's not even a, a conversation up for debate. To have him outside any top five list you put when you're saying who are the best, you know, football coaches right now in college football, that means you just don't know ball. I'm just going to say it. That means you don't know what goes into coaching and you don't understand ball if you think that and you put Dabo outside the top five in any rating with, you know, with Harbaugh and Saban now not part of the equation. Well, first of all, and maybe this is a little bit my defense of James Franklin, uh, Dabo Sweeney didn't have Ohio State and Michigan in the same division this Correct. whole entire time either. So there, there's context you have to have to this. Sure. So let me ask you then about James Franklin. Uh, on uh, this list, he's at number 10. Is he about where he should be on this list? I, he's about where he should be, and he is he is top three. To, I, I think he's one of the top three recruiters overall for a program, short-term and long-term. I'm not talking transfer portal and and that kind of thing. I'm talking recruiting high school players and building it, you know, sort of with, you know, talent that you, that you bring in, not talent that you find somewhere else. I think he's one of the top three recruiters in the country. I think he is one of the top five CEOs of a program in the country. And I, and now, he is not one of the top 10 game day coaches in the country, in my opinion. Do I still think he's a good football coach? I really do. I think he's a good football coach. I just think his shortcoming is a little bit on game day and a lot in big games on game day. His teams just consistently don't perform. So you add that all up, one Big Ten title, you know, he's got an interesting perspective in my from my book is like, he's got, you know, a hundred plus wins overall. And, but in 10 seasons at Penn state, he's had three, seven and six years, which two of those were his first two years. And then he was four and five over the COVID years. So it's like kind of like a little bit of middle of the road and one struggling, not very good season. But then on the other side, half of his seasons, he's won 10 or more games. So it's a little bit of like, Feast or famine, right? And he's included, included in that, factoring in always for me, was that prior to this year, they were, they always had to play Michigan and Ohio State no matter what. So do I think he's a top 10? Yes, I I do. I think he's a top 10. Andy, at the risk of being the James Franklin apologist, I'll counter you on a couple things. Uh. He is a good recruiter, but I think what he's not given enough credit for is in identifying talent. We've seen it time and time again where he is on a player who ultimately becomes very highly ranked. A Drew Aller, as an example, they were on Drew Aller before the rest of the world was. They were on Justin Fields before the rest Correct. of the world was. And there's many more examples of that. I always feel also... Uh, 
that that CEO title is a bit of a left-handed compliment, a slap. It's saying yeah. you're not a great coach, oh. you're an executive. But that that's how how it often um, it, it comes out. And I, I think also, Andy, where you gave the couple seven and six seasons that happened early as a negative, candidly from where the program was, I look at that and say, wow, to have a winning season with those circumstances actually should be a feather in his cap, not an insult that he was only seven and six. So, and and again, there's the overriding, you're in the same division mo- with Ohio State even more so than Michigan is a, is a tough factor. Andy, we're not done talking about this list. Stick around, we'll get back to it in quarter number two. Having multiple sportsbook accounts is the simplest way to get the best available odds, and there's never been a better time to sign up. When you visit our page, signupexpert.com slash KSN, you'll be connected to all the sportsbooks in your region. All of these sportsbooks have valuable sign-up offers for new users, and through our link, you'll automatically receive the top offer at each one. If you want to take advantage of these benefits, sign up for your next sportsbook at signupexpert.com slash KSN, or see the preferred sportsbook button on our app. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new Coffee Barbecue Dry Rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. This is Jim from the Keystone Sports Network. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank all our loyal listeners. As we approach the football offseason, a reminder that we will be here year-round talking Penn State football with all your old favorites, Dustin, T. Frank, Andy, and Jeff, along with newcomers Landon and Sean. But that's not all. We plan on bringing you new shows on our podcast format where we take a more in-depth look at not only Penn State football, but also the other Penn State sports. So be sure to download our app, Keystone Sports. It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. He's Andy, I'm Jim. We're talking about the top coaches in college football. It's creating a nice conversation, Andy. We gave from a national article the list real quickly again, starting at number 10, working to number one. James Franklin, Dan Lanning, Daba Sweeney, Lane Kiffin, Mike Norvell, Kalen DeBoer, Ryan Day, Steve Sarkeesian, Brian Kelly, and Kirby Smart. When I gave this list to Andy, he came back with his own list, which I want to talk about right now. And... I'm going to start with number 10. This is Andy's list and work down to number one. Uh, 
Many of the same names, like Andy said, but a couple a uh, couple different ones. Steve Sarkeesian, 10. James Franklin. Lane Kiffin. Lincoln Riley. Ryan Day. Kyle Whittingham. Kalen DeBoer. Dabo Sweeney at number three. Still has Brian Kelly at number two. And Kirby Smart, of course, number one. Andy, the first thing that sticks out to me here is the addition of Lincoln Riley and Kyle Whittingham. By the way, I think two fantastic additions. Thank you. Thank you. I, I just, I just, I, I'm Kyle Whittingham. How can you not think he's one of the best coaches in the country? He's only ever coached at Utah, right? He's, he's won at least nine games at Utah in 11 of his 19 years. And he's three and zero against Lincoln Riley coach teams. When 2023 wasn't a good reflection for him, that team was no team in the country was more decimated by injuries in 2023 than Utah. This guy is simply one of the best. I don't know what Utah does to continue to hold on to him. I don't know what other institutions are not doing to have gotten him away from there into a more elevated program status. It's a it's a horse for the course a little bit, but I also think Kyle Winningham does more with less on a consistent basis year in and year out than anybody in the country. And he's such a good football coach and football mind overall, in my opinion, watching his teams play and the way he does things, that if he had a little bit more, he would be really, really something special. But I I just think in that venue, to have half, almost half your seasons, over half of your seasons, where you win nine or more games at that school, is simply stunning to me, and that is the essence of coaching. Plus, he's got a, he builds a good program. It's got like character to it, and I, I just think he is one of simply one of the best. I, he's one of my favorite coaches in the country. Andy, I, I love that answer, and I really agree with you. And what I admire is you were able to go to uh, a coach at a place like Utah and say, you know what. That's not the same as coaching at Alabama or Ohio State or Florida State or LSU or one of those kind of schools, and he goes there and wins. The fact that he stays there, I like that, but I'll also say this for him. A lot of coaches go chasing after that bigger job, and I think they end up regretting it, okay? And I think we may find that out yet. You know, will Colin DeBoer be happy at Alabama instead of staying at Washington. Kyle Whittingham has a formula that works at Utah. And he's got a culture there that works at Utah. Not sure that would work the same way if he got a bigger job. If he got a job, say, at USC or at Oklahoma or one of those other bigger name schools. So I give him credit for that. Now, I want to ask you, Andy, this, though. You bring up Whittingham, which I think is a great example. Do you have any other guys who maybe should be considered one of these best coaches in the country, 
but they just don't happen to be coaching one of these big programs that are going to be perennial top 10 teams. I'm going to give you a minute to think about it by giving you a couple names that I came up with, and okay. I'll give you the I, reason why. I have one that jumped right into my head, but I want to hear your couple to give me to think about. I'll tell you whether I'm a yes or a no. Okay. I'll give you one. How about Matt Rule? And the reason why I bring him up is he rebuilt two programs. He managed to win 10 games at Temple back-to-back seasons, then turned around a god-awful Baylor program at the time. So he did it at two schools. I think that's worthy of note. How about I'll give you Lance Leopold, currently at Kansas, where he a nothing program, awful program that he got yes. to a winning season this past year. But yes. do you realize what he did previously? This job prior to that was um, Buffalo. He actually got Buffalo ranked. Okay. Yep. And prior to that, and I know maybe some people will say this does not count, but he was at Wisconsin Whitewater for eight years. They're Division Three. In eight years, his record was 109 wins and six losses with six national championships in eight years and was undefeated five of the eight years. Now, Winning is winning, Andy, so I'll put his name out there. And I want to throw one more name at you just to get your reaction. Uh, I don't think he belongs in this list, but I'll throw it out there anyway. How about Kirk Ferentz winning at Iowa? Iowa. And if you ever look at where his recruiting classes are, it's impossible to recruit to Iowa, yet in twenty three, in the last twenty three years, there he's only had two losing seasons. Those are some names for you to think about, Andy. Give me yours and what you think of the names I threw out there. So Matt Rule's an interesting one. Um, I would say he'd be a, he's a no for consideration for me only because he is one of the very best at the one trick pony. That, in other words, he's great at rebuilding, but he is. He has not proven any sustainability yet to me. Um, You know, he jumped from Baylor to the NFL. That did not go well with the Panthers. So now he's trying to rekindle what he does best at Nebraska. He needs to rebuild that at Nebraska and show a little sustainability. I like the leap old one, but I think he's in like where DeBoer was when DeBoer was coaching at Fresno State, right? Like, I think he needs to get a, a next level premier type job and and I want to see it there before I put him on the list. And yeah, the last one's that's a no for me. <laughs> you just don't like him. That's just I first of all he's in the Big 10 West. I just think that as much as we said James has to play Michigan and Ohio State every year. Guess what? Iowa doesn't. And they rarely win big games. They win a lot of games and they win. It's sort of, it's kind of ugly, but it fits, right? It fits exactly what they want at the university of Iowa. I just don't think it's, I don't think it's transferable to any other, to another level. It's like, could you drop James Franklin at LSU and he have success? Yes. 
Now, Andy, yeah. let, I want to move because we only have a couple minutes left, and I want to ask you a couple specific questions. First of all, sure. you said you had a name. Give me the name. Dave Doran, North Carolina State. I, I would. That's a dark, dark, dark horse. But I think at NC State, it's hard to win. And I think this, the way he's re, the way he builds that, and he consistently has been able now to win and keep that team a relevant top twenty-five team for the most part over the last three, four years. That's hard to do, and I think he's done. I think he's he's a really good football coach. You had Brian Kelly also at number two on your list. Yeah, it hurts Why? me. Painful. It just hurts me. I, I just, uh, I'm not a big fan of Brian Kelly per se, but I mean, he's got us, you know, Notre Dame and LSU. That's pretty, you know, those are some premier jobs. Uh, he's got an overall 730 winning percentage coach at Cincinnati. I, I, I put him at number two. I think everyone's, He's 20 and 7 at LSU. Is that good enough? I put him there cuz I felt cor- sort of like shoehorned into there like I'm trying to get my shoe on with my shoe horn, but I-, I don't know if 20 and 7 is good enough at LSU. I-, I just don't know yet. So, everyone thinks the LSU is a, a what he's doing in LSU, it's a massive success and I'm like, he's 20 and 7. Is that massive success? So he wins some big games, loses some big games there. So, but I, I, he is very good at his job. He's outstanding at what he does. And I just think he's, you asked about his job at LSU. I'm not sure that's good enough to make him number two in the country. It's, it's a recruiting hotbed in Louisiana and it's, some of these coaches who are in the new Southeast Conference with Texas in there now, Oklahoma, we're going to find out more about Steve Sarkeesian. We're going to find out more about Kalen DeBoer also. And I think we're going to find out more about Brian Kelly. And I, I, I just get the feeling in another year, Andy, we're not going to have all three of those guys in the top 10. I don't. I don't necessarily disagree with you, but I think Kalen DeBoer set up the best of all three, to be honest with you. I, I He's just, he's, he, that guy can just flat out coach. And I think he has that salt and pepper that I like as a coach and that sort of quiet confidence. It's not in your face. It doesn't like grab you as a polarizing figure, just really good at what he done. And, and he's going to, Bring that and make Alabama more in his image and likeness. And I think it's going to be a very successful combination. I think he's set up well. I think it could go south on Brian Kelly faster than anybody. I think it could go sideways at LSU so fast because that's the nature of LSU. It is, but I also think, I I believe like you do, that DeBoer is a very, very good coach. That going into Alabama and following Nick Saban, though, Andy, Right. Boy, is that a tough job. Right guy, right guy for the job. I think they picked the right guy. Not not afraid to fail one bit and has no problem making it about everybody else but him. That fits uh what Alabama needs post saving. All right, Andy. We shall see. The, the thing of it is though, Big Ten and 
the, the Southeast Conference now. There's just so many teams in there. Not everyone can be at the top, all right? All right, Andy, that is going to be it uh, for that segment. Stick around. Quarter number three coming up means your questions and ask Andy. Having multiple sportsbook accounts is the simplest way to get the best available odds, and there's never been a better time to sign up. When you visit our page, signupexpert.com slash KSN, you'll be connected to all the sportsbooks in your region. All of these sportsbooks have valuable sign-up offers for new users, and through our link, you'll automatically receive the top offer at each one. If you want to take advantage of these benefits, sign up for your next sportsbook at signupexpert.com slash KSN, or see the preferred sportsbook button on our app. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new Coffee Barbecue Dry Rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. This is Jim from the Keystone Sports Network. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank all our loyal listeners. As we approach the football offseason, a reminder that we will be here year-round talking Penn State football with all your old favorites, Dustin, T. Frank, Andy, and Jeff, along with newcomers Landon and Sean. But that's not all. We plan on bringing you new shows on our podcast format where we take a more in-depth look at not only Penn State football, but also the other Penn State sports. So be sure to download our app, Keystone Sports. Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. He is Andy. I'm Jim. This is quarter number three, which means it's time to ask Andy. We take your questions for Andy, and he gives us the answers. And if you want to send your question in to Andy, just download our app, Keystone Sports. You'll see the Ask Andy button, and away you go. And you know what? Recently, a lot of new names have been coming in. We really like that, seeing new names. So please send in a question, especially if you're a newbie. You can even put it in a note. You're a newbie. It gives you a better chance to get your question on the air. All right, Andy, let's get started. Uh, I'm not going to go with a newbie. I'll go with an old guy. Matt from Acton, Massachusetts says, Hey, Jim and Andy, as the incoming NCAA commissioner, what do you do for NIL moving forward, especially how to regulate? Oh, okay. So... This is this feels like a loaded question, Matt, but and it's a good one, but it's like it, it's almost like which thing would you make your priority first? And for me, the first priority I think I would be would be sort of those 
alumni or public centered nonprofit collectives type thing where, you know, you can donate and get a tax free donation to a university's NIL fund. I, you know, that where, you know, they have a cap on them, but I know, but they're alumni and public centered and fan centered. And I, I would look at those and figure out how I need to figure out the value proposition of those and, and what, the positives and negatives are and what those are about. Cause right now they feel like this is just me. They feel like outside the box, wild, wild West sort of freebies. And I just, I'm not saying they need regulated or, but they need an evaluation and some oversight. That's my, where I start, Jimmy. Okay. The, the only problem with that, Andy, with the NIL is as we saw with this, um, the NCAA trying to police Tennessee. I agree. They immediately went to court and the NCAA lost. I know. Which makes them about ON 328 in the court system. And NIL, the, the ruling by the court was based on this very simple fact. You cannot restrict somebody's ability to make money. Correct. So whatever the NCAA does that tries to regulate it, it's going to be looked at as if they are restricting the player's ability to make money. You will probably lose in court. I, so I, under, I understand as, that. Well, as commissioner, I think you've got to deal with other things. To me, I think the bigger issue is the transfer portal and free agency. Now, free agency means players are moving mostly because of money, but can you create a way and – if you're a regular listener to our show, you know the gym plan is pay the players out of the TV money. They could still go to NIL, but if you offer them money and then contract them, make the obligation to stick at the school for a number of years to restrict the transfer portal, which I think is the bigger issue. All right, let's go to Brett in Wellsboro, who says if Penn State were to make to a playoff game next season and it were a home game would it be similar to a regular season home game with only a small amount of tickets allotted to the away team with season ticket holders having their seats for the game or would the away team be allotted half of the tickets to the stadium that's a that's an interesting question i mean it's the college football playoff committee i think it it feels to me like what jim well i I was gonna say do you want me to field it (laughs) because i gave i I think, Andy, it has to be close to a regular season game because the logistics of giving, you know, half the tickets to the away team, you lose home field advantage, but you also have the logistics of those uh, people traveling in and the whole thing about getting the home field advantage is to have a home field advantage, which is the crowd, right? Yeah, I think the NFL model works where season ticket holders get first opportunity to purchase tickets to an extra game. So they choose whether or not they want to buy additional tickets and then everything else is open season. So I think it it will I think that's a good model and that seems like logical. Penn State home game season ticket holders, first chance to buy a ticket. Want to go? Yes or no, short deadline. Everything else is open season. Anybody wants a ticket can buy one. And I I suspect they will actually do that weeks ahead of time 
with the prospective opportunity. If Correct. It, if your school looks like it has a pretty good chance of having a home game, Correct. we will make them available, give it to the season ticket holders first, give them that opportunity to opt in or not, and if it turns out you don't have the home game, you get the refund or it goes towards next year's uh, you know, uh, deposit. Yeah, you have to opt in weeks in advance. You do not get to opt in at the last second. If you as a season ticket holder wait till the last second, you're buying just like everybody else. You're All fighting right. for the same ticket. Let's go to Fred in Harrisburg who says, Andy, with the West Coast schools entering the Big Ten, do you think that will encourage Penn State to do more West Coast recruiting? No, I don't. I really don't. I don't see James changing his functionally good template just to suit where the conference has expanded its wings to. I That's just off. I'm listening to your question, Fred. It's a good one. Does he feel he has to meet them halfway across the line. I, I don't. I, I think in, on a national picture, he has his sort of areas, his hotbed areas and what his priorities are. And I don't think he needs to change that just because there's West Coast teams coming in. Yeah, I I don't see that as a need. Andy, I'm not, I don't think it will be a direct straight line like James Franklin and his staff says, hey, we play out on the West, we play USC or UCLA every year or you know, uh, we go to Oregon. I don't think that will happen so much as it might be a case where players, kids on the West Coast who follow USC or follow the West Coast teams, they're going to start seeing Penn State and Ohio State and Michigan and all the Big Ten teams more often. And who knows if something clicks with someone, oh, you know, I like how Penn State plays. I like their style. I'll give them a visit and it might create something organically, but I don't think there'll be this real conscious. We're going to go out to the West coast now and emphasize that for recruiting. Go ahead, Andy. Yeah. It would be the same as like, do I think Lincoln, do you think Lincoln Riley's going to start recruiting Pennsylvania? Cause they, the Penn state's going to be on their schedule. You know, do you see him making a stop in Harrisburg and a stop in Philly just for, you know, players that are on their target list. I, I, it's the same thing. I don't see James going to LA and, you know, San Diego to look for players the same way. It's just, it's a two way street, but it's a good question though, Fred. I, I, I think it's a valid point. I really do. Do they have to change because the landscape has changed? And I don't think, like I said, I don't think they'll consciously do it. And if you flip it around with Lincoln Riley, but if all of a sudden, as a Midwest or a Pennsylvania kid, you start seeing USC on TV and you see this exciting offense from Lincoln Riley, it's the middle of November. You look outside your window when it's snowing, but you see Penn State playing at USC in the sunshine and 72 degrees. You might say, huh, maybe I'll give them a look. But again, I think... Lincoln Riley coming this way and recruiting is going to be more organic than consciously saying, oh, now that we're playing in Pennsylvania, I'm going to spend a, an inordinate time there uh, trying to recruit. Okay, let's see where we want to go. Um, 
Let's go to Mark in Berwyn, who says, Hey, Andy, I understand Drew Aller's upside, but he seems to lack that special it factor. Would you ever consider starting Bo Perbula ahead of him? I know it won't happen, but is it possible this is a situation similar to how Trace McSorley ended up the better quarterback over Christian Hackenberg? Yeah, that's... um... So, at its core, I'm just gonna say it's Mark. That's a that's a humdinger. That's a that's a top level, next level question. At its core, who's the better starting quarterback? It's Drew Aller. Every day and twice on Sunday, he's a better starting quarterback than Bo Prabula. But yeah, he's he's a lot of unrealized upside, and Bo Prabula right now in the role and what he's done and what he's shown, he has very little, if any, unrealized upside. You know what I mean? Like, on the field, productivity for productivity measured equal on what is the expectation and what they've delivered. It's, you know, it's it's balanced or it favors the backup quarterback to a degree. So it is the challenge for Drew Aller. He has to realize his potential. Because a guy who's not afraid to be exactly who he is and what you expect the quarterback is right there willing, capable, and able to step in and produce without any reservation or purpose of evasion. There, I'll go to a, a movie line. Bo Prabula's not afraid to fail and step in there and be who exactly who you expect him to be. And that's really good for Penn State. That's really good for the quarterback position. And I also think it needs to become something that's really good for Drew Aller that he understands this guy's right up my keister. And I need to realize more of this potential. It's a very interesting question. Do I think I think if Drew if Bo Perbula is your starter for any reason other than an injury to Drew Aller, then you have a problem at the quarterback position. And that's not a reflection on Bo Pabula. Andy, I think I like the way uh, Mark framed the question. Yeah. I like even the analogy to, even though it wasn't the same, McSorley competing with Hackenberg for the job, they were spaced out more. But McSorley ended up the much better quarterback collegiately. And if you had looked at those two players when they came out of high school, you would have, wouldn't have said it was close. Hackenberg was the, the five-star guy, just like Drew Aller is. Um, but again, I also like the way he used the it factor. You feel like Bo Prabula will find a way to win, where Drew Aller may find a way to not win. And no doubt, Aller's got the higher upside. He's got the higher ceiling. He's your starter. That's the way it's going to be, but it's a worthwhile question. All right, Andy, that is it for quarter number three. Stick around. We got more to go in quarter number four. Having multiple sportsbook accounts is the simplest way to get the best available odds, and there's never been a better time to sign up. When you visit our page, signupexpert.com slash KSN, you'll be connected to all the sportsbooks in your region. All of these sportsbooks have valuable sign-up offers for new users, and through our link, you'll automatically receive the top offer at each one. If you want to take advantage of these benefits, sign up for your next sportsbook at signupexpert.com slash KSN, or see the preferred sportsbook button on our app. 
Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. This is Jim from the Keystone Sports Network. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank all our loyal listeners. As we approach the football offseason, a reminder that we will be here year-round talking Penn State football with all your old favorites, Dustin, T. Frank, Andy, and Jeff, along with newcomers Landon and Sean. But that's not all. We plan on bringing you new shows on our podcast format where we take a more in-depth look at not only Penn State football, but also the other Penn State sports. So be sure to download our app, Keystone Sports. We head to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. He's Andy. I'm Jim. It is quarter number four of our show. And Andy, you know what? I may be breaking a promise here. Early in the show, I said we would get to the combine, and I had every intention to do that. But you know what? We hit that earlier this week, and I really am more interested in hitting the combine with you next week when we have some results. I'm not done talking to you about this coaching list. I've just been totally and completely fascinated by it. And what struck me is when we were – talking about this top 10 list is littered essentially with top 10 teams. These are teams you expect to be, you know, in the playoffs. That's who you have here. You know, the Kirby smarts and Sarkeesian and Ryan day, uh, Kalen DeBoer at Alabama um, Lane Kiffin, who we didn't mention yet is on both lists. And he, he's at Ole Miss. Oh, right. this is one of the big stories coming into this season. He's in the Southeast Conference where there's all those really good programs. The thought is Ole Miss is going to be a playoff team. So For that alone, you, does Leighton Kiffin make this top 10 coaches list? So I think he's done his best coaching among the dozen different jobs that he's had. He's like the, he's like the Darth Vader to me of – you know, coaching, right? Like he's, first of all, social media is hilarious. I get it and love it. I I do enjoy him. I think he's an enigma. I also think he's extremely gifted and brilliant. And he's also an enigma. And he's very confident and at times proves himself to be ignorantly arrogant. I think more than anybody in the country as a football coach, being the sort of character and Darth Vader type figure that he is, he unlocked the mastery of the transfer portal as a head coach 
at a level that nobody can touch. He is fully immersed in how to use this transfer portal as a weapon for a football program. I mean, overall, as a coach, he's been in so many different places and done so many different jobs, which is a to me is a testament to his brilliance as a football mind and as an offensive coach. And I mean, but his winning percentage isn't great. He's like, you know, 660 is his overall winning percentage. He's 34 and 15 in Ole Miss. Now, that's an Ole Miss. Is that good? Is that great? That's pretty darn good. But overall, is that top 10 worthy? But I think his ability to elevate this program over a three-year period, two or three-year, probably a three-year period, and he keeps inching closer to the upper echelon of the SEC, and I think he's ready to crash the gate. And he's stuck around at Ole Miss, right? He's got 49 games at Ole Miss. He stayed the course at Ole Miss. He hasn't been shopping himself. He hasn't tried to get six other jobs. They, they've kind of stopped bringing up his name. So he's still an enigma. But, oh, my gosh, when you give him the ability to be Darth Vader the way he is through the transfer portal, it's a dangerous, dangerous proposition in the SEC. Andy, the, he's such an interesting guy. But I think I, I could play both sides of right. this discussion. It's That's lame. For Ole Miss to compete in the Southeast Conference when you have the bigger name brands down there, that says a lot for him. But I also think this is a lot of that recency bias where he had not only a good season last year, he has the bowl win over Penn State, and he's got so much talent coming in through the transfer portal that he's thought to be, hey, this is a playoff team. But this is also one, Andy, where I think a year from now, they lose one more game and they're out of the playoffs and he's not on next year's list, okay? That's how volatile I think it is compared to a Dabo Sweeney who has this history. So that's where, you know, I could go either way with it. And I also, I always feel contractually obligated to mention when you talk Ole Miss and the transfer portal, I question, is this going to work, bringing all those guys in through the portal? It's That's also a volatile mix. And remember, spending all the money, which is what they did to bring in those portal players, they lost Judkins, their star running back, who looked around and said, hey, wait a minute, you're giving all those other guys the money. What about me, who's been here? And they essentially played the NFL on him. Well, you know, we don't value running back as much as we do some of these other positions. And Judkins is gone. So there's there's two sides to that transfer portal coin, Andy. Um, there is. Lane knows how me, to walk it, though. Lane knows how to walk it, Jimmy. We, we, we shall see. Let me give you a couple other names, Andy, that... They are interesting by absence on your list. And they are Dan Lanning from Oregon and Mike Norvell from Florida State. And I think both those guys were on the list. It's recency bias. Oregon had a real nice season last year. And they they are like co-favorite with Ohio State this year. 
And Florida State, of course, is coming off their undefeated regular season. Right. And that's how those two guys made it to the other list, but not on your list, Andy. So uh, Dan Lanning is like, I mean, he's a young, brilliant football coach, but I'm like, you, you, you can't be on a top 10 list if you've coached 27 games and you've won two bowl games, but I, I just need more. And I, I'm sorry, but you're own three in games that really matter. Those, you know, I need, if you want to be on a top 10 list, you need to do something that really matters. You had two cracks at the Washington apple and both of them close, but no cigar. That's, that's sort of the Ryan day mold, right? Like, all right, so you've won 22 of your 27 games. And Oregon is talented, and he is young, and he is, you know, filling up his roster through the transfer point. He's doing a lot of right things. I need to see more. I, I just don't think he has – he's not He's not even really close in my estimation yet. There's a lot of good things, but nothing is realized. And the opportunities he's had early, I mean – I get it. He's an analytics guy. I, I That first Washington game is still mind-boggling to me, some of the decisions he makes. He stands by him and sticks by him. I don't know how that worked out for, for the L.A. Chargers coach. Yeah, it's, it's. I just think I need more. A Dan Lanning wasn't even considered for me. Not even close. Well, Andy, here's the thing about those risky moves that were analytically driven. When they work, <laughs> it's great. And, you know, Kalen DeBoer, I remember in a big game late in the year, I guess it was that Washington State game. Yeah. And he went for it on fourth down, like from his own 30-yard line, and he made it. He was called brilliant. (laughs) Had he not made it, he would not have been called brilliant. Um, In your answer just now about Dan Lanning, you mentioned another name that we haven't uh, talked about yet, and I'm surprised because I know you have strong feelings about Ryan Day. And, you know, the famous, uh, he was born on third base and thought he hit a triple. He inherited this great program, Ohio State. So do you give him credit for maintaining, recruiting well, perennial top five team? Or do you say, you know what, you haven't won, you've lost several games in a row to Michigan. And you haven't won a national championship, and that's how we measure you at Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, he's had he's got a lot of home field advantage. I love your analysis, guy who started on third base. Yeah, I love that. That's funny. Um, he's won eighty eight percent of his games as the Ohio State head coach. Yeah, you, you should. You have a home field advantage. College football playoffs and against Michigan, you know, kind of those next level big game things. Eh, not so good. Not very good. And trust me, I know that they're a 51-yard field goal away two years ago and beating Georgia, if that goes through the uprights, from this being a completely different conversation. But it it didn't. You have to get across the finish line. You can't get to the finish line and not cross it. He didn't cross the finish line. They lost the game. And it didn't go through the uprights. And that was a tough pill to swallow. Um, but... Has he maintained what Ohio State expects Ohio State's head coach to maintain? Yes. Has he ascended this program to the second level? That is another expectation at Penn State or at Ohio State, excuse me, 
Oh my gosh, they're gonna hate me for that, you Penn State fan. Uh, not even close. He's he's excelling at one expectation and failing miserably at another. That's uh that means he's a really good football coach who can't win big games. That sounds like the Penn State coach. Andy, you brought up a good point that if folks don't remember in that playoff uh, game, semifinal, if he beats Georgia, they play TCU in the championship game, and I have no doubt that they win that game. Ryan Day has a national championship, and this conversation is very different. That's how close, that's that razor edge between, you know, a higher ranking or not for a coach especially. Last question in the last minute we have here, Andy. In looking at these lists, Kirby Smart, he's the obvious number one. Right. A couple of years ago, you know, we probably had this discussion with Nick Saban. You had Dabo Sweeney at that very top of the list. Who's the guy who could threaten Kirby Smart? Who's the guy who could be the next, even if he's not number one, but he could be number two and pushing? Uh, that that would be Kalen DeBoer at the University of Alabama. I, I I mean he okay so he was at Sioux Falls he was an NAIA coach forever right like for a long time and won a, a ton of games but then he went to the next level and it was sort of middle of the road you know kind of a lower level Fresno State inherited a mess and they simply just won football games at an alarming consistent level for Fresno State then. He takes over a Washington program that nobody heard of or knew of. And look what he did in three short seasons at Washington. More with less, more with less, more with less. Now, and I just think the way his coaching style is and the way he operates a program, he's perfectly set up to be in a position to do more with more. And why not do it at Alabama? I think he's the guy. I think when... The answer to that question, you got to look at the school that they're at. He's at Alabama. That gives him a shot at being special. Ryan Day, he could win a national championship this year, and the conversation changes. Andy, that's going to have to be it for our show. Thank you all for listening. Join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Having multiple sportsbook accounts is the simplest way to get the best available odds, and there's never been a better time to sign up. When you visit our page, signupexpert.com slash KSN, you'll be connected to all the sportsbooks in your region. All of these sportsbooks have valuable sign-up offers for new users, and through our link, you'll automatically receive the top offer at each one. If you want to take advantage of these benefits, sign up for your next sportsbook at signupexpert.com slash KSN, or see the preferred sportsbook button on our app. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new Coffee Barbecue Dry Rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. 
truststatecollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. This is Jim from the Keystone Sports Network. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank all our loyal listeners. As we approach the football offseason, a reminder that we will be here year-round talking Penn State football with all your old favorites, Dustin, T. Frank, Andy, and Jeff, along with newcomers Landon and Sean. But that's not all. We plan on bringing you new shows on our podcast format where we take a more in-depth look at not only Penn State football, but also the other Penn State sports. So be sure to download our app, Keystone Sports.